we are going to continue our sermon series on mental health and also we are going to conclude the series on mental health. So like, let's quickly do a recap of what we have done during the past five weeks. In the first week we saw how do we need to fight back when we are emotionally attacked. And in the second week we saw we need to foresee the dangers that are ahead of us, that are coming, that are in front of us concerning mental health, that are going to affect our families, affect our children. And if we are not careful, we are going to fall in that pit and we are going to face the danger in our lives. So the third week we saw and we learned how we should not allow our flesh to control our mind. Our flesh can control our mind through fear, through disobedience, through anger, through unforgiveness or bitterness. And we should never allow our flesh to control our mind. And the fourth week we talked about how devil could cause some of the mental illnesses and emotional difficulties that we are going, to, going through in our lives and how we can overcome the attacks of the devil. Last week, we talked about some of the moderate challenges that we face in our lives day to day, in our lives. Our inability to concentrate, the sudden drop that we feel in our strength, hearing voices, external voices, emotional outbursts, and at times we feel like quitting from what we have been doing. These are some of the signs and some of the symptoms are some of the emotional struggles that we have been doing, handling in our lives. And we also talked about how God could help in each situation. And today, as a final sermon in this series, we are going to talk about some of the discrete challenges. You know, if you remember last two weeks, I've been asking a couple of you <coughs> to send me some of the challenges that you think that still, you think that it's not addressed, that may be worth addressing those, in those areas. And a couple of you had the boldness to send that uh, to me. And I really appreciate your, your courage. But listen, it's not just only you're going through it. There are people, many others are going through it. And all that you had is you had the courage to express to me what you have been going through it. And I believe this morning others need to listen this too. And this morning we are here talking about the mental health, some of the struggles that we practically, it's not just I picked up somewhere else, I picked up from you. You know, those who spoke to me, those who messaged me, those who emailed me. So we're talking about something that is so real, something that we are all going through in our lives. You know, the first step for deliverance is to listen to someone who describes what you are going through in your life. The first step for deliverance is to know that someone is talking about what you're going through in your life. Then you can take it from there until you receive the ultimate deliverance. You know, this morning, as I believe, we are not just only talking, we are also working towards moving forward so that God can deliver us. You know, this morning, I guarantee that deliverance is 100% from what you are going through today. You know, God is not a God who writes something and, you know, who doesn't do anything according to his word. We believe that God is a God who writes something and he performs and he does things accordingly. 
And we are not here just talking psychologically. We are not here to talk, you know, give some feedback or some, uh, some, some study or some research report on what is mental health, but we are here to study and understand in the light of the Word of God and to know what God can do to you and to me. It also requires us to take a positive action as we move forward. A well-informed decision that we may have to make as along the line God will help us to do it. And this morning you are in the right place. Listening to what you need to listen as a time such as this in your life. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Living Through It. Living Through It. And we are trying to address and we are trying to affirm some of the concepts or some of the struggles that we are going through with a biblical with a biblical perspective some of the areas where we are facing challenges in our lives you know when i address these concerns even though i know who asked these questions i'm not just going to bring you in front of me then i can't really preach and i want to make sure that i'm not pointing anything to you those who you know spoke to me those who give me the details but I want to address in general, not even I think about you, but I want to speak to your lives in general so that it may bring some healing and deliverance this morning. And this is the approach that we are going to follow, we are going to uh, take this morning. I'm going to describe the challenge, what the challenge is. And I'm going to just open up some of the personal experience that what I went through. And this morning I feel I am vulnerable here as I stand in front of you. And we are going to see what God had to say in this situation and what action we can take as we move forward. So these are the couple of you know, steps that we are going to take. And you, know, you don't need to really hold on to these things. They are just going to flow as you listen to the sermon. Number one, discouragement leading to mental illness. Discouragement leading to mental illness. Can you all say discouragement? Because it's all familiar to us. The word is very familiar to us because we've experienced that day in and day out. You know, there are many reasons we get discouraged on the face of this earth. Discouragement caused by unexpected things happening to us. Things that we never expected would have happened to us. Unexpected delay. You all would have seen some you know, video that went viral. You know, somebody who was waiting in the, in, the, in, the, in the airport, and there may be many other videos. Somebody was waiting in the airport, and then they said the flight is delayed, and there is, you know, you need to wait and wait, and you know, they really got angry, and they were smashing everything that they could see on, in the airport. Discouragement. It results in outbursts of anger and frustration in our lives. At times we see there is no progress, there is no improvement in our lives, and we get discouraged often. At times when people don't cooperate with us, it happens in family, it happens in church, it happens in any community setup, when people don't cooperate with us, when people don't respond the way we, get, we expect the response, when people don't treat us well, we get discouraged. We get discouraged. Simple thing, you go to a bank, <coughs> excuse me, go to a bank and talk to the teller, and at times, you know, when we don't get the right response, we don't get the right treatment, 
You know, the teller may be in a different situation, different, you know, struggle that she or he may be going through in his life or her life. But then when you go and talk to her, you feel that, you know, the conversation is not going well. It's not okay. There is something wrong. That's not the way the customer needs to be treated. You know, you come out, you know, with all your face changing red if possible. And, you know, I get with the, come with the, the frustration and you come with, you know, an angry mode. That's not the way customer needs to be treated. And you think about, you know, changing the bank and what else I can do for that. When people don't treat us well, self-limitations, when you think about your own self, there are many limitations that we see in our lives today, our inabilities, and the embarrassing moments in our lives, the shame, the failure, all these things that come together in our lives, and you get discouraged when you think about all this. At times you trust on somebody, you have a lot of hope on someone, but then at times you lose that hope on that person. And you will give and wait and give time. See whether you know, things will improve. But if they, when it doesn't improve, you really get discouraged. We lose hope in our future. We lose at times hope on ourselves. We don't know how we are going to take, forward, take our lives forward. And we get discouraged many times when our expectations are not fulfilled. And all of us are having our own expectations. Such great expectations in our lives. When, but when we see that those expectations are, not, expectations are not getting fulfilled, and when things happen exactly the opposite than what you expected, have you ever experienced in your life that? You expect something to happen, but you know what really happens is exactly the opposite. You are not prepared to handle that. You never wanted that in the first of all in your life, but exactly that's what had happened. At times we feel that we got cheated. People showed their back to us, and at times the trust is broken, and you can't handle it. You get so discouraged. You don't really understand. And even people don't understand you. People misunderstand you, and people mistreat you. You know, all these scenarios, there may be a couple of other things that may be going on in your life. But you get discouraged. Now, I was there in that situation some point of time in my life. There are many things that I could think about. The times of discouragement, I'm sure you can do along with me. I used to get discouraged when I was doing my master's degree. Because that's the first time I switched to learn in English from my mother tongue. Two years I spent and whenever the class was interacting, everybody was interacting with the professors. I used to be silent. I don't get words. I can't talk in English. It's not just in the 12th grade or 10th grade. It was in my master's. Can you imagine? And no professors liked me. Well, there are a couple of them, a couple of exceptions. Because I don't talk to you. And if you don't talk to anybody, you know, they, they just think, I don't know what this person is thinking about, right? So we often like people who interact. So I was not really liked by many of them. And that was killing me, you can imagine. And there was nobody coming along with me. No help, no guidance, nothing. Two years, I was like this. And you can imagine how much I would have scored in my masters. I don't know, any of you remember? You may not remember, my wife may remember. I don't know if she remembers. 66 percentage, not, not a bad score though. 66 percentage, maybe just last but one in the class. Discouragement. We get discouraged in my work situation. 
I found, you know, higher authorities using me as a tool to achieve what they wanted to achieve. I faced that wherever I worked. I mean, not in North America, but in, in my own country mainly. And when management treat people partially, and I had a big team with me, and there were partiality in terms of religion, in terms of, in terms of caste and skin color and whatnot, I had to fight. And at times I had to quit the organization. And I hate people, you know, when they do that. I get discouraged when my team is not taken care. When my life was not taken care. In ministry, I do get discouraged. When I don't see cooperation from people. Not talking about you, I'm talking about people. People leaving the church obviously get discouraged. When someone leaves the church, they look at the pastor. What did you do to them? Why did they leave? Why did they go? How did you speak to them? How did you treat them? You are the reason, maybe you are the reason for the family to leave. Discouragement. Right? But they learned over a period of time to look at the situation from their point of view. view. Understand their limitations, but it took a while. I get discouraged when people don't respond, really. When we look for some response, people don't respond. So get discouraged, get frustrated, get, get angry, and all those kind of things. And then we need to again look at the situation from their point of view. When, we, when people don't treat, not treat, when people don't respond, then you come to a conclusion saying, God, it's not my mistake. When people not responding is not my mistake at all. It is your problem, God. You need to handle it. You need to take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. You handle it. Now, instead of getting discouraged, I could have brought some changes in, in, in my life. I could, brought, I could have brought some changes within me, the way I think, the way I look, the way I understand it. And at times when there is no motivation, there is no support. I'm not saying that you're not supporting, but I'm saying that, you know, as a leader, when we go through all these things, we know emotionally what we go through, the struggles. And many times I realized self-motivation is the best motivation. I'm sure this morning you'll agree with me. Self-motivation is the best motivation. Do not wait for somebody to tap on your shoulder. If you get a tap, that's good, thank God, and praise God, and smile at them, and then move forward. But otherwise, self-motivation is the best motivation. So there is no reason why we need to get discouraged. You need to come up, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Bible says after the death of Moses, God called Joshua and a young leader coming up in the, in the army of the Lord, and he was a man of warrior, he was a man of war, and God telling him, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. But keep the book of the Lord. Do not depart from to the right or to the left. And then God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, reading from NIV. Have I not commanded, can you read it with me? Can, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. 
do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go you know there's a promise of God in this situation those who are going through discouragement in your life he is a God who goes with you wherever you go is not going to be in one place wherever you go he is with you and he's telling you this morning there is no reason why we need to get discouraged God knew all our discouragements and the reason why God told this specifically to Joshua God knew very well that somewhere along the line he is going to get discouraged getting discouraged is not our problem that's how we are made Getting discouraged is not that we have done some mistake in our lives. When we handle the serious opposition, we see that, you know, the way things are coming against us, obviously we get discouraged. That's where we need the strength of God. God telling us, do not get discouraged. I'll be with you wherever you go. So what is action finally? Now what do we need to do about it? So as we said, it's possible to get discouraged. But discouragement can never slow you down. Discouragement can never stop you listen to me if discouragement would have stopped i would have gone from here you may not even know where i am if discouragement would have stopped your life today you may not be just living together as a family you would have gone somewhere discouragement can never slow us down and never stop us discouragement cannot affect our feelings and emotions at times it does but we need to strengthen ourselves in the lord we need to gain regain our strength we need to speak to ourselves saying come on don't get discouraged come on cheer up how do you do that just do it can you do this you need to do it just on, on your back saying that come on you tell your name and come on get up and just get discouraged get encouraged do not get discouraged self-motivation is the best motivation and we need to practice that in our lives and listen to this your discouragement is not known to anybody many times many times so what are you expecting others to tell you what are we expecting others to do in this situation they don't know that you are discouraged discouraged inside and do not expect anything from anybody it is in you it is inside of you that you need to encourage and God helps here and God is telling you this morning that do not get discouraged you need to take a step not somebody else this morning those who are living going through discouragement in your life you need to take a step this morning do not wait for anybody secondly the second thing that families are struggling today all of us struggle today is the past hurts leading us to mental health mental illness past hurts people hurt us until we get frustrated when we don't do certain things when we don't give certain things when we don't behave in a certain way according to their expectation people hurt us when they don't like us how busy they're going to hurt us then they don't like your well-being and they want us to go down they don't want our family to come up it's not them it's the enemy behind in a today the devil the plan of the devil is to make you discouraged make you go through suffer mental illness so that you can eventually become ineffective not just only for God in your family life in your work situation in your social life you became ineffective that's a plan of the enemy and how can do it he can do it through people 
He can do it the same way he does things to discourage you, the same way he hurts you. People at times, they think that, you know, we don't have any problem. They think that, you know, oh, for that man, everything is going well. Their family, everything is taken care. Everything is going well. And people don't like that. People don't, for some reason, they don't like the idea. They look for opportunity to hurt you. And the questions they ask, it hurts you. The kind of words they throw at you, it hurts you. Now, at times, people in our nation, they used to think that, oh, you are in Canada, you are in the United States. What's your problem? You have everything in front of you. You have all the luxury. You are in such a position, you are in a good job, and the job pays you very well. What's your problem? You don't have any problem in your life. And they look for opportunity to hurt us. One word, one phone call is just enough to put you down. Those who are going through hurt in your life and in my life, this morning God is speaking to you. The fact is that we can never satisfy people. Even if you try to please them, they still hate you and they still hurt you. You cannot really stop them, but you can stop them interfering in your life. You cannot really shut their mouth, but you can shut your mind. You can't really stop them from doing it. They will do it anyway. You, how, you try to behave however good you could be, but then it's not going to help. The problem with hurt is, wounds caused by fire will heal, but the wound caused by tongue will leave scars. Wound caused by fire may get healed and even the scars can go away, but wound caused by tongue will leave deep scars in your life. Your inability to forgive those scars, they still hurt you. That hurt remains in our lives even after the wound is healed. The wound is healed, you try to do something and pray to God and fast and pray and you know, try to love that person, go and give a hug and do all those kind of things, but then you still have a scar inside of you. Hurt reminds even after the wound is healed. Hurt reminds even after the one who hurt died. That person is not no longer living. But you still carry that hurt. We still carry that hurt in the inside of us. Especially when you are close to your family members. Close family members, distant family members. The hurt becomes very severe because you cannot avoid them. You need to deal with them every day. It becomes very difficult for you to handle that situation. The more we deal with them over and over again, it's more painful. Carrying such hurt affects your emotion physically as well as spiritually. And this morning we need to know how do we handle the situation. Just want to throw some of my, some of my experience in my personal, from my personal life. I was away from my parents at the age of five or five and a half. And started living with my grandparents. Once in a year, I go, go home and see my parents, even at the age of five and a half. So I became a target for many, because you can imagine somebody, a young boy, not with parents, with grandparents, and you know, I became a target for any, many things. And I remember many of those things, even it was, you know, I was in you know, second grade and third grade in my life, I still remember the way my fourth grade school teacher scolded me using very unkind words. I still remember that. 
40 years, 45 years, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go. That's deep the scars are. I still remember the mean words used by one of my uncles. When I behaved in a particular way, I think I was in third or fourth grade at, at that time. I didn't like that at all. And that word is still in my life, in my, in my mind, still fresh. I still remember one day when I was um, in the bus, in the front row of the bus, I think I, I was in, maybe I was in the sixth grade. And I tapped the shoulder of the bus driver and asked him when the bus is going. You can imagine? And I don't know what mood he was in. He just turned back and screamed at me and yelled at me just for the tap. And my mom was sitting with me. And then uh, she said, you never do this, never touch anybody. That's still fresh in my mind. I can just go on and on. And I'm sure you can do. Year doesn't matter. The hurt is so, so deep inside of us. And this morning, I'm able to relate to your situation, what you have been going through in your life. What I said is just nothing, just a simple thing. But then you have been going through miserable things in your life. The hurt is so deep and not just the past, even today, even every day of your life, you have been going through that, you know, having that hurt in your life. Bible says we can't afford to keep the hurt inside of us. Hurt results in unforgiveness. It results in bitterness. If you say that you are hurt, you still haven't forgotten that somebody. I mean, I have forgotten all those things, all those situations. I'm just giving it as an example that, you know, what really took place in my life. And in fact, Jesus said, I want you to come with me. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, can you read that with me? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. That simply means do not keep anything in your mind. Wounds can get healed, but scars remain. Even there are scars remain. Let the scar remain, but you forgive that person. And the more you forgive, the more you love, the more you take care of them, the more you deal with them, scars will slowly disappear from your life. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wound. He heals your wound. He heals your emotional wound. He heals your brokenness. God wants us to take some action and steps move as we move forward. As I said, we can't change people. They will continue to hurt you. You can't stop them doing it. They are going to do it. And if you can pray for them to stop doing it, I would say it is better to pray for yourself. You may stop listening to those things. You may stop receiving that in your mind. Just pray for yourself. Praying for them is not going to help. You can do something, a couple of things. You can either stop dealing with them. I used to do that at times, not just rejecting people just to take care of me, just to protect myself. Or, if you're able to do it, when they hurt you, just smile at them and just dust it off if you're able to do it. With certain people, you may be able to do that. Just dust it off, smile at them, and just move forward. Don't stay there. But hurt needs you to forgive that person. Hurt, not only just forgiven, you need to also forgive, forget. The ones you forgive, the wound has to heal, the wound will heal, and God can do it. As exactly God said, Jesus said, when you have something against somebody, there is a part that you need to play, forgive them, talk to them, and reconcile with them. 
And then God is the God who heals because he's the God who heals the brokenness. God can heal us. God can deliver us and we are going to ask that today before we leave from this place. Thirdly, at times too many voices really wear us down. Too many voices wearing us down. One of the big challenges that we did today we have in our lives is to do the amount of talking that we need to do in each day and the amount of things that we need to listen each day. I know a couple of you are very good at talking, right? Never stop. Non-stop. Thank God, God has given us a mask. Even then it doesn't stop. We are good at talking, but then you know when it comes to listening, we have problem of listening. Many of us having struggle because we keep hearing too many voices in a day, every day. Every day, or once in two days, or once a week, you need to talk to your aged parents because you're away from them. Obviously, we need to do that. You need to talk to your in-laws, otherwise they have complaints. You need to talk to your spouse if your spouse is away from you. You need to talk to your children if they are away from you. And you need to listen to them. It's not just an ordinary talk. You need to spend time with them and you need to listen to them. I had this struggle when my mom, my, my parents were there. Thank God for them. You know, they all times they understand us. There are parents, they understand. There are spouses, they understand. What we are going through on this side, we thank God for them. But even then it becomes difficult, so much difficult for all of us. Their difficulty, we need to listen. Their concerns, we need to listen. Their disappointments, their anger, their frustration, and we need to listen. We need to listen. And you know what? They talk to that things over and over again repeatedly. And you need to listen. You need to listen. At times they have complaints about you. They have complaints about your spouses when she or he is not with you. You need to listen to that. You need to listen to other family matters. You need to listen to what they are talking about, their neighbor, and what problem the neighbor is causing to them. All these issues you need to talk about, if you can put the next slide. All these things we need to talk about, and we need to listen. They are like a dumpster, which is kept over there, which collects trash. And you are like a dumb, dumb truck. You need to take everything inside of you, right? It doesn't matter, two streets, three streets, four, five streets, it can still take, and it can even press it down, and it can take more, you know, that's how we are. We are expected to listen. So after listening to all these things, you are totally exhausted. You have your family, you have your husband waiting for lunch, and your lunch is not done, and you have children, they need to go to for black classes, and they fight with each other, and husband and wife, they are not happy, they are able, not able to handle the situation. There is so much going on inside the family. The simple reason is, listening becomes difficult. Too many voices. Too many voices. You are mentally stressed. And this episode repeats every week. Every weekend it repeats. And you find it so difficult. You know, the beginning of the ministry, or I would say the being in the ministry today, we need to listen to a lot of voices. Sometimes you, know, you ask this question to us. All kind of negative voices, we need to listen from people because we are in the ministry. 
people share their burden people share their disappointment they 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 uh, at times you know we need to sympathize with them at times at times we need to cry with them in prayer and we need to support them we need to strengthen them but at the end of the day we have a family at the end of the day i'm not just talking about myself i'm talking about all the ministers of god who minister to people to serve they have their family they can't carry all these burdens upon them because we can't handle it the same thing with you you're trying to handle everything that your family is going through your in-laws are going through all the struggles that you're trying to put everything upon you and obviously you cannot handle it so at the night we talk to each other and we say okay let's leave everything at the feet of god we need to sleep sometime let's not worry about it let's let god take care of it otherwise we become sleepless if you talk start thinking about you and worrying about you you know because of some personality things you know we do that at times we try to attach ourselves in the, your shoes and in your family and put ourselves in your situation and you know she's good in that in fact but god has given us grace to handle more but i am at times i get into it really i really get into it and it becomes like night i can't sleep but at the end of the day we need to learn to leave everything at the feet of god and tell him lord you take care of it lord i need to leave i need to survive you handle it to oh god you know that's what god expects you to do that in your lives on the other hand there are times you know we are talking about listening to voices in your life at times there are you know there are a lot of blames that we need to receive we need to take people directly questioning us people directly asking in fact people questioning the call of god in our lives people questioning the authority so many voices that are spoken in our lives in the negative way we need to listen we need to listen there are times even abuse you words there are times even blames there are times pointing out mistakes you know it's all hard it's all hard stuff to handle and i'm sure you also go through that in your life in a different way but god has given us grace to dust off those things and move forward and we all need that same grace you all need the same grace in your life we need to think about christ he was not an exemption he was going through he was not exempted from what we are going through today he went through the same thing but we need to ask god for a heart to love people not people but the enemies of our devil as i was exactly preparing the sermon you, you, you may just laugh at it exactly preparing the sermon yesterday suddenly i saw a photo that came up in the facebook i'm seeing it after seven years who introduced herself as a minister of god none of you may know who introduced herself as a minister of god so i went to visit her grandparent grandfather who was sick just because she requested she's not she was not in halifax eventually i was about to get twisted into their family issue and she phoned finally and i was questioned and it was very very cruel way of talking and i had to take everything on me because the mistake i did it i went to visit and in fact we both went at times went to visit her a grandfather who was alone cursing abuse you words so much of frustration hearing negative voice at times i tried to avoid people but then you know what when i was preparing for this this lady showed up in facebook and i asked god oh lord i need grace again i need grace again i have forgiven her but you know what when that comes again in our lives everything comes up 
I mean, that's our humanity. Everything comes up and I ask God, you, I need grace. So at times I try to avoid people, try, try talk, avoid people and I try to avoid talking to them again. Because I know that they will talk to me in a very negative way. And I may get hurt emotionally. I need to protect all of us. All of you need to protect yourself to a certain extent. That doesn't mean that we ignore people. But you are also people. You need to take care of you too. But I look for an opportunity to talk to them. I make sure that I don't have any enemy on the face of this earth other than the devil. I look for an opportunity, but I won't really go into and then try to find them where they are. But then if they are on my way, I will make it a point to make sure that I say hello to them, shake hands with them, and talk to them. Bible says, you can either choose to hear the voice that keeps coming in our lives, or you can choose to listen to the voice of God. Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about and troubled about so many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. The whole day you can sit, you can hold on to your phone and keep listening. But you need to make a decision how long you want to go. Because Jesus is telling you, Martha, there is a time that you need to give for parents. It's done. There is a time that you need to give for your children. It's done. There's a time that you need to give for your spouse, it's done. You need to take care of yourself. What are we going to do? What are we doing to take care of ourselves? It's very important. I remember a couple of weeks before I spoke about GIGO, apply the principle of GIGO, garbage in and garbage out. When hurting words, wounding words, negative words comes on your way, sense that before it enters into your mind, throw them into the inbox. Your, your garbage in and make sure that nothing bad gets out of you at times we react to our own very own family member who are next to us depending on who spoke to and wife is very clever spouse okay i would say or maybe let's say wife is very clever and she knows and she looks at me and says okay i know that you spoke to your mom right now i know that you spoke to your mom that's why you're behaving with me like this Use the garbage out. Throw that out there before you show it on somebody else. At times we need to say, we need to learn to say no for those who take our time over phone. Those names say no to those who hurt, those who put down, put you down, discourage you. It's your time, and we are accountable for our time. Psalm 90 12 says, <coughs> Psalm 90, so teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our minutes. Every minute is important. In the olden days, if I remember, when uh, we got engaged, I used to, you know, we were engaged and we were waiting for three years to get married. It's not a bad time, right? So three years. And three years, I need every weekend I used to call. So when I go and call and sit in the public booth, I mean, sitting in the public booth and talking to your, your fiance, your spouse, you know, so you can imagine how it is. And there's a meter that's in front of me and every time when you talk, that meter is running, it's, it's just dollars. And you can talk only limited time. Time is running. Minutes are going away in your life, from your life, and we are responsible, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's a prayer. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Shall we read that? So then that you walk circumspectly, knowing the time, knowing the season, how much time is in front of you that's available, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days, of evil, days are evil. 
You may say that it's all my family members. I need to talk to them. I cannot avoid it. But God is telling you, how much time? Time is precious. How much time you spend for you? How much time you spend it if I spend at my feet? How much time you spend to develop you? This morning, I believe God is speaking to us. Number four, ego leading to mental illness. Our ego leading to mental illness, we all have ego. But we don't want that ego to become a burden and we don't want to become a slaver, slave for, the, for ego in our lives because once you become a slave for your ego, that's going to take, that's going to rob, destroy your joy and peace. Ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. That's what is ego. A sense of person's self-esteem or self-importance, that's important. You need to have a self-importance. You need to have self-esteem. That's important. But when your ego is hurt, it really upsets us. Because it makes you feel less valuable. When your ego, I want you to think right now. I just want to just listen. Just don't just listen to me. Just want to think. When your ego is hurt, it makes you feel so low. It makes you feel that you just lost your self-importance. You feel that you don't have any value at all. And your brain cannot handle it. It starts sending impulses everywhere throughout your body. And your body starts reacting when your ego is hurt. As a result, we feel angry, we will feel frustrated, we feel like screaming, we feel like yelling at people who are standing in front of you. But think about the person who is standing in front of you, you cannot yell, you cannot scream. You try to control everything inside of you. That affects you. That affects all of us. That affects our emotions. That affects our mind. And that really puts us down. When we struggle to hunt control, the impulses that ego generates within your life. This happens in many occasions. When people don't listen to your authority, you feel that your ego is hurt. Maybe at home, husband has certain responsibility, wife has certain responsibility. When you feel that, you know, nobody's your children are not obeying to you, you feel that your ego is hurt. In workplaces, you have certain authority and responsibility. When people who are working under you, they don't react, they don't respond properly, they don't respect you, you feel that your ego is hurt. When people reject your voice, even though you know for sure what you are telling is right, but in spite of knowing that people reject, even they themselves know at times that what you are right, but you know what? Their ego doesn't allow, you, allow them to accept what you are saying. And at that moment, your ego is hurt. You really struggle to be submissive. You really struggle to be calm at that situation. And you are unable to vent out your emotions. You handle everything within you. This causes too much stress in your life. When I was working in an IT company in Bangalore, in India, I was a quality assurance manager and there are 50 plus members who are working in my team. And when my testers and auditors, you know, they are supposed to test the products that are developed by the developers and before the release. And often I come across, the development managers will have another plan. They will give another product to test to the testers and they release something else to the clients. You know all these tricks, right? And when I try to find out that, you know, that's what they have done. And I being the quality assurance manager, that hurts my ego. And I go to them directly. 
and now I fight with them. And there are people that are very scared of me in the organization. My emotions at times stir up because it hurts my ego. How can they do it? How can they bypass the system without asking me, without me signing that paper? How can they do it? There are many times things were escalated in that organization. Even in the ministry in the initial days. We had few elements in the church always. I mean, now that you're all so good, but then, you know, all along we had few elements. When we say something, ask them to do something, they'll do exactly the opposite. You would have come across people like this in your work situation too. They do exactly the opposite. I don't know whether that's an understanding issue or it's their ego. I do not really know what it is. And it hurts my ego. Moment I realize that people are taking advantage of me, my ego comes up. I'm telling myself because I'm, I can't tell about you, I can only tell about me, right? So and you, you understand what I'm talking about. And at times I used to call that individual and talk to them directly and shout at them and deal with that. I tell them at even you, either I should be here or you should be here. Either I should be out or you should be out. Think how the ego plays in our lives. I know I'm making myself a little vulnerable. Now what is the result of it? The result is when we go home, we lose peace. I get blamed even at home. Dad, you should not have told that way. Mom, uh, sorry, uh, you know, she tells me, you should not have spoken that way. I lose my peace. My BP goes high. Tension, stress. The reason is ego. Bible says, let's get back, while the word ego doesn't really appear in the Bible as it is, but ego is all about a single letter, a single letter? I. Ego is all about a single letter I. I said this. I can do this. You know me very well. I can do it. Don't you know who am I? I'm greater than somebody. I everywhere. Have you come across people when you talk to them directly? There are many eyes. There are many eyes. That simply means it's ego. I used to tell, when we all stand together and pray, never pray, Lord, I pray. Even though you pray, it's not you pray. Say, we pray. Ego. Never use that word, I, even in the family prayer time. Lord, I pray. It's not you pray. It's you all pray. Together, we pray. Bible says that I must die. Shall we read the scripture? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says here, who has to be crucified? Who has been crucified? I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified. Someone said, when someone says something against you, if you say, that I am hurt. People hurting us is a different aspect. I'm talking about we getting hurt. We are getting hurt. When we say I, I am hurt, you have ego in you. When you say that I'm deeply hurt, it simply means you are highly egoistic. When we don't have ego within us, there is nothing is there to get hurt. There is no I inside of you to get hurt. 
So this morning God is telling us, I must be crucified. The opposite of ego is humility. Micah chapter 6 verse 8, shall we read that scripture, beautiful scripture. Micah chapter 6 verse 8, some of us know by heart. Verse 8, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The call of God on your life and my life to humbly walk with your God. Shall we ask for that humble spirit? Matthew chapter 11 verse 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, I am lowly in heart, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sometimes it may be a personality issue, but God wants us to bury that I that lives inside of us. Couple of action we need to take in this area. We need to humble ourselves. Let others say whatever they want to say. We don't need to react to those things. Always keep Jesus as a model. When Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly, who are we? Who are we? Let's do that. Let's also not take anything personal. At times in work situation, in family relationship, I understand at times, but in work situation, there is nothing personal against you. It's all related to work. Let's not take those things personally in our social setup, among our friends. It's not personal things. At times we feel that, you know, we can't protect you, our ego. You want people to understand, people to know your ability. But if we react, it works in the opposite way. It works in the opposite way. Sometimes, most of the time, it's not our problem, it's their problem. So do not allow ego to get hurt. If you react in that way, what is the difference between us and those who are not having Christ? This morning, God may help us to think. Finally, just want to close quickly. A couple of issues that we have been dealing with is stress, anxiety, confusion, panic attacks, worry, fear, sadness, and sorrow. A lot of these issues could be handled by yourself in the beginning stage. But you allow those things to continue, then you need external help. You need help from, from the doctors. You need medical help. You need antidepressants. You need anti-anxiety medications. You need mood-stabilizing medications. You need anti-psychotic medications. And also you need some therapy, psycho psychotherapy and all those kind of therapies you need. But before we get into there, God wants us to handle those things by ourselves. Bring some changes in your life and know what God is telling, us, telling you at this moment. This morning, I want all of us to identify our strengths and weaknesses. That's where we get into this trouble. But just, just beautiful thought we are just going to play, uh, finish quickly. Identify your strength and your weaknesses. Most of the time, we get hit in our weak area. Most of the time we get hit in our weak area. Maybe health, maybe your relationship, maybe the way you cook your food, your husband never likes. That may be your weakness. The studies, you are not at all good. The skills, the social skills, you may not be good. <laughs> you may not have, a, have the required skills in your workplace, your parents and your in-laws, your children. You need to identify your weak areas. When you are getting hurt in your weak areas, don't fight against 
by standing in your weak zone. You know what I mean? You know that the area is already weak for you. Don't fight. Don't confront. But be patient at that moment because you know that it is your weakness. It is your weak. Husband is coming and telling you, oh, this food is not at all good. It's not at all tasty. Don't pick up argument with him because you know already that's your weakness. If you do it, you get stressed really unnecessarily. You become anxious and you worry because you are fighting from your weakness, from your weak zone. Identify your strength in what you are good. Everybody is good in certain area and they are weak in certain area. Identify your strong areas in what you are good. Find out what you are good at. You may be good in your work situation. You may be good in your business. You may be good in your prayer. You may be good in your counseling. And you move your focus to your strong area, area of strength. And standing in your area of strength, try to work in your area of, of weakness. Then you don't give up. Be in your strong area and try to work or fight against those weaknesses in your life. You all know this story. Eagle does not fight the snake on the ground. Because ground is an area of strength for the snake, not for the eagle. Eagle very well knows the ground is a very weak zone. And snake can run very well, snake can twist its neck, and snake can do many things for the eagle. So the eagle picks up the snake, it goes into the sky, and that's the area where eagle has its strength. Snake becomes helpless, it doesn't have any grip. If you leave the snake, it's going to fall down. No grip at all, snake cannot do. It leaves the snake, goes again and catches and tries to kill. Area of strength. Find out your area of strength. Do not fight when you are attacked in your area of weakness. Often our weaknesses are seen by others. You are attacked in that area. And know that that's your weak zone. Do not argue. Do not fight in those areas. Turn your focus towards your area of, of strength. Romans chapter, one, chapter 12 verse 21 says, Do not overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Find out your positive side. Find out your goodness that we see in your life. And from there, you know, it's a simple thing. I'll tell you an example. When husband says he's not satisfied with what you're doing, Take him to a time of prayer because that's where you have your strength. Pray with him. And that time you can talk to your husband. He will listen to you. Use those tricks. Certain positive, even at times, could turn into negative at your weakness. Depending on your end result. One of my strengths is, you know, perfection. Punctuality. But that at times turns into my weakness too. And God wants us to know those areas. So when that perfection and that punctuality, everything turns, that those my positive, strong areas, when they come up, when they try to apply that to people, either I should stop dealing with people or I should change my expectation. Your positive areas at times can turn into negative areas. God wants us to apply wisdom. Bring positive changes in your life. 
Many times we are discouraged, we are stressed, we don't know what to expect. And this morning God is telling you, you need to bring some changes. You would have listened to some of the changes that you would have picked up all along during this sermon. And God wants you to implement everything. Just want to close with this. In Ephesians chapter 5, Bible talks about the relationship between husband and wife. Just quote a couple of things here before we leave. The area of strength for a wife is submission. Bible talks about it. The area of strength or weakness for a wife is her tongue. Area of strength for wife is submission. Area of weakness for wife is her tongue. Husband's strong area is love. And husband's weak area is anger and uncaring nature. Understand. Identify those strengths. Identify those weaknesses. And work accordingly. If your wife is talking too much, that's how she is made. Understand her weakness. If your husband is not really caring about you, that's how he is. Understand him and cooperate. But he's good in certain other areas. He's good in certain other areas. She's good in certain other areas. Appreciate and encourage and look for more. But those areas where she's already weak, do not expect. Bring some changes that will really build strength inside of you and it will help you to work over your weaknesses. Turn finally one suggestion, turn everything into praise. That's what Bible says. Turn every attack into praise. Let's read the scripture and close. God wants us to do that. Can you cooperate? If you cooperate as a family, as individual, we can do this. Psalm chapter 30 verses, uh, Psalm 30 verses 11 and 12. Can you read that together? You have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Verse 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Turn your mourning into dancing. God is telling that I will turn your mourning into dancing and we need to cooperate with him. How do we cooperate? Understand what God is trying to do in your life and understand what God is trying to do in your life through your spouse, through your children and learn from whatever we need to learn as we move forward in this journey. Shall we all just arise this morning as we close? Just want to summarize this morning. We talked about a couple of different things. We talked about discouragement leading us to mental illness. We talked about past hurt leading us to mental illness. We talked about too many voices that are wearing us out in our lives. We talked about ego leading us to mental illness, stress, anxiety, confusion, and various other things leading us into mental illness this morning. Shall we just take this time before we leave to pray to God? God, I know that you care about me. Shall we all close our eyes this morning?